Well, good morning, OneChurch.tv. How you guys doing this morning? Fantastic. Uh, we're in week five of our shark series and uh, so excited about this. In fact, I want to give a, a couple of things away. So who would like to have something free? All right, if you can get first person down here. Come on. That means you're going to have to get up out of your chair. Anyone? Anyone? Anyone coming? Anyone? It's like, you can do it. All right, very good. I am, come on, hop over here. I am presenting you with a Shark Week calendar, 2016. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give it up now. Way to go, Streeter. So anyway, um, <laughs> you know what's so funny is uh, we actually bought those calendars last year because we were going to do this series last year. And uh, because of the move uh, from the school to the theater, uh, we had to punt the series. So uh, it was a great idea last year, but, you know, the calendar year, it's kind of up. But there's some really cool pictures of, uh, of sharks eating people. So, also, uh, by the way, if you, I know it's the summer, and some of you, you know, you've like, maybe you've missed a couple of weeks of the shark series, and I just want to let you guys know that we try to make it very, very easy for you to be able to engage with what we're doing on Sunday mornings, even if you're not here. So I just want to kind of give you a couple of things, and we don't do this often, but I just want to kind of pull back the curtain and show you all of the resources that you can be able to take advantage of. The first one is our One Church app. If you haven't downloaded it, it's free from the App Store. You can go back and you can watch literally the past 10 years' worth of messages, and you can download small group questions on your app. And so, and if you're in a small group, great, but if you're not, let's say you're like, what should I read in the Bible today? You can actually go on there and you can download the small group questions. In fact, we actually print them out as well every Sunday. And as soon as you leave the theater, uh, there's small group questions out there. You can just grab one of these. And like I said, you're in a small group, great. Maybe you want to start a small group in your dorm room or, or on your job or whatever. You're welcome to do that as well. Or maybe, like you said, I just want to read through Matthew 4, 18 through 20, 22. We give you all the scripture, questions, open-ended questions that you can engage with it as well. Another one is you can go to onechurchmedia.tv. Uh, it is, uh, we have multiple websites, but that website has a lot of our resources on it. And again, you can watch, you can listen. Uh, you can go to our website, onechurch.tv, and you can watch all the mess- messages as well. And it's just uh, different ways that you can engage with the message. Uh, it's all for free. We don't charge anything because, and, and the reason why is we want there to be, have you guys to have absolutely no excuse to not be growing and learning and experiencing the same thing that the rest of us have uh, and, and we experience on Sunday mornings. In fact, we are, are live uh, streaming this right now, uh, and you can go to onechurch.churchonline.org if you miss it. Again, you can be able to do that as well and watch for uh, free during the 9 and the 1030 service. So we're in week five of Shark Series, and I want to say a quick, just a quick invite for next week. Next week, we're starting a new series, and it's entitled At the Movies. And uh, for four weeks, we're going to be looking at four different movies, and we're going to be looking at Hacksaw Ridge. We're going to be looking at Moana. We're going to be looking at Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And uh, we're also going to be looking at um, The Shack. So uh, you make sure. Now, some of you are like, okay, Chris, I'm here this Sunday, and I only come to church once a month. Well, that's okay. That's great because next week starts a new month. Okay, so make sure to show up next week, all right? So uh, I want to let you guys know today, I am not a fisherman. 
The reason why I am not a fisherman, because when I go fishing, I don't catch any, anybody want to guess? Fish, exactly right. Fishermen catch fish. Nobody wrote that down. I thought that was deep. Um, But fishermen catch fish. And one of the things that just as a fisherman catches fish, and that's what makes him a fisherman, today we're going to be learning our big idea today, and it's simply this. Followers fish. Can you say that with me? Followers fish. Followers fish. Just like that fishermen catch fish, and that's what makes them fishermen. Followers fish. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, you are called to go into the deep, murky, shark-infested waters to fish because that's what followers do. Followers, say it with me, followers fish. Now, some of you may be a little confused by this, so let me just kind of break it down. You need to know this, that about four, possibly six of the disciples that followed Jesus, that their original job was fishing, was fishing. And one day, uh, Jesus hangs out, and he kind of grew up around the water, and he's going by uh, this, the Sea of Galilee, uh, this sea in northern Israel, and he, he encounters some fishermen who fish for a living. And this is what Matthew 4.18 says. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and... Andrew. So these are some of Jesus' first followers ever. Peter and Andrew, normal guys, normal people just like you and me. They're at work, they're salting, they're sweating, they're making a living day to day trying to provide for their families. And, And what they did for a living was they fished, right? Now, Simon also called Peter and Andrew, and they were throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Now, why were they fishing? Because they were fishermen. Welcome to One Church. Thank you, Captain Obvious. You've just been promoted, right? That's what fishermen do. Fishermen fish. And if they weren't fishing, they probably wouldn't be making a living. Now, here's what Jesus is calling them into. And this is kind of a big deal. This is the very kind of beginning of calling the disciples. And he says, I want you to come and I want you to follow me. Jesus called to them, come. What does it say? Follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once, and they followed him. Let me repeat that. Follow me, and I will help you. I will show you how to fish for people. Fish for people. I mean, that's kind of a weird phrase if you're thinking about it. I would expect Jesus to simply say something like this. Follow me, and I will make you holy. Follow me, and I will make you a better person. Follow me, and I will make you more religious. Uh, Follow me, and I will make your life easier. Follow me, follow me, and I'm going to show you how to fish for people. I mean, that what, what does that even mean? Well, I truly believe today, and it's our big idea today, that following Jesus is directly connected on being a fisher for people. Jesus associates first and foremost act of following, following Jesus. That association is that you are following and fishing for people. The number one result for following is fishing. But what does that mean exactly? You see, in this day and age, this is how people fish. You grab a tackle box, right? You grab a rod and reel. I'm going to go ahead and cast this out. Y'all just stay right there. 
I'm joking, all right? So, and, and, and what you do is you grab a tackle box, you grab uh, some, some bait, you grab, uh, you, you grab a pole, and you cast out, and you sit there, and you what? Wait. In fact, that's how we fish, but that's not how Jesus and his disciples and how people fish like that in uh, the first century. They fished with nets, a net just like this one. In fact, I, have, I actually have some pictures of me in Israel by the Sea of Galilee. And if you would, go back to that first one if you would. And what they would do is they would take the nets and they would bunch them up and you would hold them like this and they're weighted at the end. And then after what you do, you'd have this drawstring, you would throw it out and you go ahead and go to the next picture. And you'd throw it out, and it would spread out everywhere. And, of course, the weights would sink to the bottom. You would pull the drawstring, and then you would bring in the fish. Now, you see, that's different than you and I fish, isn't it? You see, the way you and I fish is really, in a lot of ways, passive. We sit there with a pole, and we wait, right? And some of us, if you're me, you wait all day long, Right? And all you're doing is drowning worms, right? It just is. But you see, in Jesus' day, if you were going to fish, it wasn't a passive thing. It was an active thing. You would gather the nets, and you would throw them out, and you would let them sink, and you would pull it in. And if you stopped casting the nets, then you stopped getting fish. It was a very active thing. And that's what Jesus is calling you and I today. It's not just to be passive. Not just to be passive and say, you know what, if somebody wants to come and and ask me where I go to church or ask me about my faith, then I'll do it. No, no, no. That's not what he calls. Followers fish. And that means you and I are to be active. Following Jesus is directly related to be a fisher of men. Fishing for men, essentially, if I could just break this down, means reaching out to people. Reaching out to people. That's it. Fishing for men or fishing for people means going to a place of uncertainty, reaching out, casting out love, casting out acceptance, casting out encouragement to a world so thirsty for it and getting involved in other people's lives. Inviting people to come to church, inviting them to come to church and come to know God. Now, we have a core value here at OneChurch.tv, and it's going to be on the screen behind me. It's simply this, that found people, what? Find people. And what that means is this. We invest in people outside the church and invite them to Jesus. That is our core value, that to be a part of what we believe is one of the core values, not only of our church, but for us as Christ followers, is that followers fish, loving others no matter what, loving people who are different than we are, getting involved in other people's lives in a messy, bait-smelling life sometimes. Fishing is not for antiseptic clean freaks. It just isn't. It's for people who are willing to get down and dirty and sweaty and hot and salty and just in people's lives because that's what happens when you go fishing. Being a Christ follower is not a spectator sport. Did you know that? Some of you sickos actually watch bass fishing on television. All right? I don't know what to call people like that. Um, but see, I, here's the interesting thing. That's not how the Christian life is. It's not watching other people 
do it. It's actually getting involved and getting and, and not being passive but being active because followers fish. This is what it says in verse 22. The Bible finishes this story. A little farther up the road, the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. And look at they what? What does it say? Let's all say this together. They immediately followed him, leaving their boat and their father behind. They stepped away from something that they were comfortable with to go after something that they were uncomfortable. You know, when you follow Jesus, it changes lives. And notice there, this word, immediately, that gives us a sense of urgency, doesn't it? Uh, do you feel that sense? I mean, immediately, immediately do it. It's not, it's not like, okay, Jesus, it's low tide, we can't go yet. Oh, Jesus, we still have to repair these nets, so we can't do it quite yet. No, oh, Jesus, listen, it, it, it's, it's football season, and NFL, and I can't go to church yet. Oh, but Jesus, what you, the Titans may have a chance this season, right? Did I say that out loud? I mean, it's, it says immediately, immediately, no excuses. The followers just started fishing for people because followers fish. And I want you to realize something. These guys that Jesus chose, they weren't the best and the brightest. They didn't have PhDs. They didn't have all the answers. They weren't rich. They didn't have their stuff together. They weren't perfect. In fact, many of them probably cussed like sailors. Anyway, but these were average men and women who were willing to get involved, and they changed the world. Common fishermen who saw life with a new mission, they changed the world. So some of you are probably thinking, okay, if followers fish, how do you do that? If to be a Christ follower means you're going after and reaching out to people, how do you practically do that? I'm glad you asked. Three ways, all right? First of all, what's our big idea? Followers Followers fish. So how do we fish for men? Well, the first way, if you're taking notes, and if you're not, this is a great time to start, is how you live your life. You see, how we fish for people is how we live our lives. I can look at your life, I can drive by your house, and I can, I can understand a lot about you. If I drive by your house and there's a Subaru or a Volvo sitting in your driveway, what do I know about you? What do I know about you is that you are probably kind of safety conscious, right? If I drive by your house and there is a Harley in your driveway, what do I know about you? You're probably living on the edge, right? If I drive by your house and there's a camper uh, in your driveway, what do I know about you? You probably like NASCAR. Just saying, all right? But seriously, uh, uh, people are watching you. They are watching how you live your life. Do you know that? In fact, how many of y'all, your teachers in the room, all right? Your teachers, do you know that, you're, that you're, your students, they are watching how you treat them, whether or not you yell at them, how you act under pressure? I mean, they are watching you. They just are. They are paying attention to your every move. Bosses, anyone a boss in here? Anyone a coworker? That should be almost everybody. Or an employee, people are watching you. They've got, they have got close eyes on you. Older brothers or sisters, anyone? Your siblings are watching you. And by the way, I hate to say this, if you're a parent in here, little eyes are always watching you. They are. 
They're like sponges. They soak, they soak up everything you say. And sometimes that's not a good thing, right? Let me just, just put it, the cookies on the bottom shelf. The world longs to have an example to follow. Do you know that? The world that we live in longs to have an example to follow. They long to see people that say what they mean and mean what they say and actually follow through and keep their word. They long, they long to have an example to follow. The decisions you make, the words that you use, the places that you go, the things you prioritize, the way you, uh, you give and, and, and how you give honor, it all shows that you're set apart. Your browser history shows that you are set apart or not. Jesus said it this way. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. When you show up in your job, when you show up in your school, when you show up in your house, when you show up, you should make a difference. That's what Jesus is saying. You should bring some flavor. Some of you, you need to bring some flavor flavor to your job. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, everybody know who flavor flavor is, don't you? With the clock, right, okay? You should make things better. You should spice it up. You should flavor things up for God. You should. The, that's the difference between those who live for God and those who are and Christians and other people. It just, when you show up, you should make things better. But there's one problem. Most of us are just kind of bland. I've met some bland Christians, Right? In fact, this is what it says, continuing reading in verse 13. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. What happens when salt is no longer salty? Uh, okay, i got a problem with that, Jesus, because salt can't be unsalt. Some of you, you may not know this, but salt, sodium chloride, it's, it's a stable compound. It will always remain salt. So if salt can never become unsalt, what is Jesus talking about when he's saying that salt has become tasteless? How can it be made salty again? Well, this picture is going to show us. This is a picture of the shores of the Dead Sea. And what all this stuff is on the Dead Sea, and by the way, those in the Shark Series group on Tuesday nights, give it up. Y'all know, y'all heard this, right? This right here, this is salt that's just been deposited on the Dead Sea. The, the Dead Sea is the lowest place on earth. 33% of the Dead Sea is solid. So you have all the salt washed up on the shore because of all the evaporation. And what they would do is they would scoop up this salt. And this salt, of course, is many times how the, it was very valuable in Jesus' day. In fact, Romans, uh, they would um, many times, they would go to the, these different countries that didn't have the type of currency. So they would many times be paid in salt. Because salt added flavor, it preserved stuff. But here's the problem. is when many times when they went next to the Dead Sea and they would scoop up this salt, they would also scoop up something that kind of looked like salt, and it was something called gypsum. Gypsum. And gypsum was extremely bitter. So when, as they were scooping up the salt, if the salt accidentally got mixed with gypsum, bitterness overpowered the salty taste, and it was good for nothing. The salt was still salt, but it had become mixed, and it's lost its power to preserve. The only thing that mixed salt was good for was to patch the holes of roofs where people stood around and lounged. You see, social activities happened on top of these flat roofs in Israel. Kids played on the roof. Wedding receptions occurred on the roof. People walked on the roof, and they would patch these holes in the roof with this mixed salt. Do you know that's exactly what's happened to so many Christians? 
Instead of us becoming salty, instead of us making a difference in people's lives, we become mixed with the world, and our love and commitment to God has become mixed. So that we are bitter and as bland as other people. You ever met a bitter and bland Christian? I have. Sometimes I've been that person. And if that's us, we're not impacting the world. We're good for nothing. You are here to make a difference. Verse 14, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Light is only effective when when it engages its surroundings. Quit holding your light and hiding that so that others can be able to see. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to be the light of the world, to shine, affect our surroundings. But how do we bring out real change? Next verse. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out. Can you say those four words? Good deeds shine out. That's what he's calling us to do. To let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise, not you, but your Heavenly Father. This is some powerful stuff. What do your actions show? What do they show when people see how you live? Do they want to know the God that you serve? And let me just simply ask you this question. When people see how you live, do they want to know the God that you serve? If you're a Christian and if you're a total jerk, don't tell them about one church. Okay? Tell them about maybe some other churches, but leave our church name out of it, right? If you go after church and you tip a quarter, tell them you from some other church, Methodist, Presbyterian, I don't care who you pick, right? But don't say what, don't, don't, don't give them an invite card. Because why are they going to come? Because you haven't shown them any love. You haven't loved them well. So our big idea, we're building on it, is followers, what? Fish. First way is by the life you live. By the life you live. Let's say this out loud. Followers fish by the life you live. All right. The second way is you can show that you can fish for people is the stories you share. Let's say that out loud. The stories you share. When I get to work on Monday, people know a lot about me from the stories I share. I talk about the weekend. I talk about what happened. And people, you know, people love to tell stories. People love listening to stories. But do the stories that you tell on your job ever talk about God? Um, Do you ever share stories about what God is doing in your church and in your life? Do you ever tell stories about what you're learning at church or what you're experiencing? Guys, we make this crazy, crazy easy. It's the reason why we do church the way that we do. In fact, some of you, you can go right now on the YouVersion Bible app. You can just click on there. You can go to events, and then from there, you have all of our notes that I'm talking about. And not only all of our notes, but we actually make graphics so that you can be able to share on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It is all there. We make it really, really easy. You know, when you show up at church, one of the first things you should do, open up Facebook and check in. Open up Facebook and just check in. I'm clicking down here now. Here's onechurch.tv. So here is our, and you can just scroll down, and you'll, I'm going to keep on scrolling, and here are these graphics that we actually make that you can just click on there and you can share. We make it really, really easy so that when you're around the water cooler, you can like, hey, I noticed you, 
you tweeted this thing yesterday. Tell me more about that. Again, it's all about the stories that you share. It, it, inviting is easy. It doesn't have to be difficult. It's just simple. And we, we see this in John chapter 4. There's this woman at the well. A very, very popular story. Now, the well in that culture is kind of the ancient equivalent of going to the grocery store. It's like going to the Walmart. You know, anybody ever want to peopleofwalmart.com? Be careful. You may see yourself. All right? See, here's the thing. She's at Walmart. She's running through the aisles. She's running her errands, minding her own business. And there she meets Jesus. And Jesus changed her life. She had this life-changing experience with him. And she didn't go home the same. She ran home and she told all of her family and friends and her neighbors, you need to come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus... Why? Because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. Why did they believe in Jesus? Because of what she said. I mean, think about this. If she can do that, you can do that, right? You've got a story. And you might think, you know, it it may be a plain story. You might think it's a boring story. You might think it's nothing special, but it's unique, it's powerful, and it's worthy of sharing. Your story can change the world. Your story can change somebody's eternity and cause someone to believe in God. This is the reason why we do baptism the way we do here at One Church TV. Before we baptize anybody, we shoot a story, and they share their story, and their story is powerful, and it changes lives. Kind of like Michelle's. Let's watch this. Um, Hi, my name is Michelle Abernathy, and this is my story. Uh, I started coming to One Church about six years ago when um, I was going through a lot of things, a lot of hard times. Um, It has helped me overcome a lot of things, and to figure out who I am and myself. Um, I have changed a lot by learning to forgive more and to handle things with as much grace as I possibly can. Um, I still have a lot to learn and I'm definitely a work in progress. Um, I feel like I've made a lot of improvements over the years and I feel like now is the time to be baptized um, to show the world that um, I am faithful to God and I accept Him in my life. And I would like to thank my parents for always being there for me, and even when I don't make good decisions. Um, my girls, Kaylee and Aubrielle, for being my, my strong rock and for being themselves. Um, I would like to thank Michelle Clark for inviting me to One Church six years ago, and One Way Street for uh, loving my kids and just being there for them, and for everyone at One Church who has accepted us I've known Michelle since she was a teenager in high school, so uh, I was really excited when she started coming to One Church, and even more excited when she told me she was getting baptized. So, um, you have a mom to two beautiful daughters, and uh, I've got to see her grow, so now I get to see her grow in her faith as well. So, um, let's do this. Do you acknowledge that you're a sinner? And do you believe that Jesus Christ died for those sins? And if you ask them to come and live in your heart for the rest of your life. Did you catch Michelle's story? She, I mean, the reason why 
she got saved, the reason why she got baptized, the reason why she started to come to church was why? Who invited her? Michelle Clark did. And invited her six years ago. I mean, that should tell you something. She was a teenager then. Now she's the mom of two wonderful children. You see, it, it's sometimes it's just the stories that you share, and that leads us to our third part, is the places you invite. The followers, a big idea, is that followers fish by the stories you share, by the way that you live, and third, the places you invite. You know, when I love something, I just invite other people to check it out, right? If I watch a movie... Like, how many of y'all have seen Cars 3? That's a great movie. And, w- and when Lightning McQueen dies at the end, it just put... What happened? I'm joking. I didn't ruin it for you. Anyway, when I, I mean, I, when I watch a movie, I just like, I like telling other people about it, right? I, I, when, I, when I find some place to eat, I like telling other people. Like, it's kind of like this. <clears throat> how many of y'all, you've been to this place on the screen right here? Right, let me tell you a little bit about this place. They, uh, they, I've not seen one commercial at all about the cookout, but everybody talks. In fact, every Wednesday night, our youth hang out at the cookout. This past week, we were at the cookout with Greg and Michelle Clark, right? And we were hanging out there. This is one of those things. I, 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 when, when I first saw it, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to go there. And then uh, Michael Knowles, uh, one of our student pastors, like, invite, you know, you ought to go do that. And he kind of ate there like... He ate there like 30 days in a row. Um, I don't think I'm making that up. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it out. And it is good. It's fairly cheap. It's good, great milkshakes. And you know what? I, I, I get excited about the cookout. I get excited about other things as well. And you know what? If somebody says, hey, where do you want to go? I may say, hey, let's go to the cookout, right? Because it's a good place to go. I get excited about something that I, I like. And some of, I love telling people about the deliciosity of the cookout. Well, guess what? Some of us, we need to tell people about the deliciosity of our Savior. We need to get excited and say, you know what? I'd like to tell you about the deliciosity of our church. So we would love for you to come. You know, we're in this, we've been in this series called Shark Series. You've been what? You know, like Shark, like week coming up on, you know, Discovery Channel. Yeah, that's kind of like that. In fact, we're doing this next series at the movies. It's, that's low-hanging fruit for everybody. You can come watch a movie at the movie theater and talk about Jesus. This is going to be fun. So it's, again, the reason why we do church the way we do. Some of us, we need to get excited about our faith and invite people to Jesus and invite them to church. In fact, this, uh, there, here's the reason why we need to do that. It's because, and I shared this last week, 88% of our, of our city here in Clarksville don't go to church. That's 125,274 because there's about 150,000 people here in the Clarksville, Fort Campbell, Montgomery County area. That's a lot of people who don't know Jesus Christ. It's the reason why we do, again, church the way that we do. Jesus' whole strategy to change the world was this strategy right behind me. It was come and see. Come and see. He invited people. He always invited people. And then he would invite people, and then they would invite people. This was his whole philosophy. Come and see. Come and see. You got questions? Come and see. Oh, oh, you want to follow me? Come and see. People would ask him stuff. Come and see. Follow me. Come and see. This is what it says in John 1.38. Jesus looked around and saw them following. Saw who? Andrew and Peter. This is before he met them in the boat. 
right? They're just kind of hanging out. And this is what Jesus asked. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying tonight? So Jesus, being God, already knew what Peter and Andrew wanted. Peter and Andrew were filled with questions. And they needed some answers. So what did Jesus do? Jesus gave them an invitation. This is what he said in verse 39. Come and what? Come and see. And they remained with him for the rest of the day. Jesus answered with a very simple invitation. Come and see. This simple invitation didn't seem very significant, but it really was. It was life-changing. What happens next? Verse 43, another invitation. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come and follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's where? Hometown. So because Peter and Andrew kind of built this relationship with Jesus, this made Philip ask some questions, and Jesus says, come, come. Jesus invites again, gives another come. A few minutes later, in John 1, 45, another great story, Philip went to invite Nathaniel to meet Jesus. So look at this. It's, it's Peter, it's Andrew, and then Peter, and now uh, uh, Philip, and then Philip invites Nathaniel. Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, we have found the very person that Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Philip says, what? What are you talking about? You just got to meet Jesus. And Nathaniel says, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he, and he, he pushes back. Verse 46, Nazareth exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, and let's all say this out loud, come and see for yourself. Exactly right. Come and see. That's it. Come and see. You just got to meet him. You just got to meet him. Come and see. You got questions? Hey, I don't have the answers, but come and see. I know a guy who does. And see, here's what's so cool about this. Some of you, you know how to share your faith. You can share your story, and that's great. You do that. Some of you are like, you don't feel like you know enough. You don't feel like you have all the questions answered yourself. Here's what you got to do. Hey, guys, come and see. You got to come and see my church. You got to come, and you got to see and hear the message that God, how he's changed my life. And again, this is, this is supposed to be the strategy of the local church. You don't have to have every single answer answered. Just invite people to the presence of God and see what happens. That's the one thing I love most about OneChurch.tv, that I can invite an unchurched person, unbelieving person, and if you can just get them here, if you can just get them here, we know that God is here. God is here. Come and see. Come and see. And here's the thing. Some of you are like, well, what, what happens if they come and see and, and they don't stick? You know what? This, this next point is for you. The outcome is not dependent upon you. Did you know that? You see, some of you say, well, I don't know enough to save them. We're not asking you to save them. The outcome is not dependent upon you. Here's what's dependent upon you. The invitation is. The invitation is. All you got to do is give an invitation. Come and see. The outcome is not dependent upon you. The invitation is. Don't say no for somebody. Don't say no for them. Instead, give them a chance to say yes to Jesus. Our message, we believe here at Once Your Set TV, is worth sharing. Because if your life has been changed by the love of God, then you've got a story to share. And we invite you to live differently, to, to, to share your stories differently, and to offer an invitation. And here's our full big idea. 
We all know the first part, right? Followers what? Followers fish, here it is, by the life that you live, the stories you share, and the places you invite. Well, again, we say it this way here at One Church. Found people. Find people. That's why today, as you leave here, we're giving you a bait bucket. Some of you are like, thank you. That's nice. Wait for it. All right? You're going to thank me. Because in here, we have, ready? Gummy worms. Anybody, anybody want this one? All right. And we're giving you invite cards. You see, what this is, is bait. We're making this really easy for you. We, we, we have about five, six invite cards in every bait bucket. And we want you to take those. We want you to eat the gummy worms. And we want you to hand those invitations out. We do. Because I believe, as we were doing, as we were talking through this message, I'm praying that God would bring a face to your mind. I'm praying that God would think about that coworker that you work with, somebody that's in the army with you, somebody that's in your mom's morning group, whatever it is, somebody, if you're a student at school, and that you would take those invite cards and you would invite them to a series like at the movies or any other things that we do. We, it's all, that's what it's about for us. It's about seeing lost people come to know Jesus Christ. And we believe you can do that. So here's my challenge. Nobody come alone next week. Nobody come alone next week. Now, as I close, I said this last week, that we have a very important uh, thing that we need to talk about today at One Church. Some of you, how many of y'all know that the theater is going through a, a, a huge renovation? Let me see your hands. Okay, if you don't know, it's going through a renovation. They normally have 16 theaters, and right now they only have eight going. And we're in the, in the eight that's, that's working right now. And here's the reason, here's what, why they're doing this, is they are putting in new seats. Um, uh, now, some of you, have you not been able to sit in them? You need, before you leave the theater today, as you walk in the very entrance of the theater, they have these seats out there. And they're full recliners. Full recliners. They're going to be amazing. They are actually renovating all of these theaters. They're renovating one through eight right now. But beginning of August, August 8th, they're going to renovate this side. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have to pick up all of our stuff, and we're moving down. And because of that, if, um, here's what's happening. It was this renovation is simply happening this way. We are, in this theater, there are 350 seats. Everybody look around. There's 350 seats. You can go ahead and count them. I'll wait. 350 seats. By the time this renovation is over, this theater, and we're going to come back to this theater in October, this theater is going to have 190 fewer seats. Okay? So that means that it's going to have a total of 350 minus 190 is 250. I'm getting it. Hang on a sec. Uh, is 160? Is that right? That was very painful for me. So when we come back into this movie theater, come October, we're gonna, there's going to be 160 seats in here. Now, you're in the 9 o'clock service, right? So you guys are great. Our 1030 service, every one of these seats are full. Are full. They're, they're filled with a body. All right? So in order for us to accommodate and, and to have empty seats at optimal times, 
we are going to three services starting August the 6th. Now, now some of you are like, yes, I ain't got to work it. Let, let me simply say what this, uh, uh, I just want to let everybody know. Uh, right now we have services from 9 and 1030. And if you're serving in children's ministry, you got, we're asking you to be here at like 30 minutes, 20 minutes before. So you would be here at 840. And um, if you serve one, go to one. Uh, we get done about 1130. We have to tear everything down. We're kind of out by noon. If these three service times... We're only going to be here 15 minutes more than what you are right now. And so if you're thinking, well, I don't think I can serve one. I'm inviting you to serve one and go to one. Because in order for us to go to three service times, we're losing 190 seats in here. One of the things we're going to have to do is we're going to have to create empty seats at optimal times. And 845, if you're here at 9, 845, that's an easy sell for you guys. But 10 o'clock, 1115, those are going to be packed. Those are absolutely going to be packed. So I'm inviting you guys to kind of stay in this theater in the, in, during this kind of time crunch, this 845, 9 o'clock time. But I would also encourage you that if you're not serving anywhere yet at onechurch.tv, I'm just going to be honest with you. In order for this to work, we need you. We need you to serve. We need you to dip your foot into service, into the, dip your toe into the water of service, and I promise you, it will be fun for you. Some of you, the reason why you're like, man, I like this church, but it's only Sunday morning, and then you leave, and you kind of sit, and you leave, and you sit, and you leave, and maybe the reason why you're not growing as fast as you want to is because you're not serving. So I'm just going to invite everyone, number one, so I'll, just to kind of pray about this. And by the way, these times may be flexible. We're going to try this for about eight weeks, and if we need to massage these times, we will do that. But then I'm going to challenge each and every one of you guys, if you're not serving, to be able to do that because we want to create more empty seats at optimal times so that you can invite people and we actually have seats for them, right? That's kind of a big deal, right? Hey, come to church, and by the way, you got to sit on the floor. Nobody wants to do that, right? So will you help me out with this? Fantastic. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you guys, we're going to go ahead and leave. We've got no song playing here in a minute. We're going to play Beach Boys in a minute. But I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. Go ahead and do that now. And we're going to walk out and make sure, don't forget your bait buckets. Get your gummy worms, get your invite cards. Thanks for hanging out with us at OneChurch.tv.